0: Welcome to Modern Babylon, Culture Contrarian. This is Ryan Miller. We're returning to the book of the Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates. We're on chapter 5. The title of the chapter is The Objective Standard for Law. <clears throat> Put your big boy pants on. Disobeying authority is no trifling matter. When to disobey should not be left to the whims of mere men. There needs to be an objective standard to determine if a law is moral or immoral, just or unjust. There must be an objective standard to know if a law is right or wrong. For nearly 1,500 years throughout Western civilization, the objective standard was the law of God. This fact was acknowledged by writers in the West for hundreds of years. Salisbury made it clear that God's law was the objective standard for all of Western civilization. All, whether king or commoner, were accountable to the higher law, the law of God. God's moral law as the higher law provides an objective standard whereby one is able to discern right from wrong or good from evil. The higher law exists independent of the authority of any government, and all governments of men are accountable to it. The tyrant state abhors an objective standard to which it is accountable. Rather, it flourishes in a subjective environment. It wants to be accountable to no one. If you listen to me over time, I speak to the Shazam DNA blueprint that is in all humans, that is accessible to all humans that have a functioning brain, that we suppress the knowledge of that source in unrighteousness, and we have a physiological response when we go down the path where our brain knows is wrong, and that we may have the ability to suppress it, but we know it's there. Change of blood temperature, the skin galvanic electronic response, a respiratory change, change of blood flow involuntary muscle twitches in our body, those are the, the mechanisms of our body rebelling against how we're trying to suppress that which we know from that divine spark to be wrong. But anyway, William Blackstone from 1723 to 1780 is the most cited legal scholar in the writings of America's founding fathers. He was a British jurist who wrote a four-volume work entitled The Commentaries of the Laws of England in 1766. His commentaries are the bedrock of American jurisprudence. Like Salisbury, Blackstone said this higher law is God's law. Blackstone referred to God's law as those superior laws and stated that upon these two foundations, the law of nature and the law of revelation, God's written law, depend all human lives. That is to say, no human laws should be suffered to contradict these. We can be sure that when Blackstone spoke of these superior laws that no human laws should be suffered to contradict, he was speaking of God's law as revealed in the Bible. He went on to write, It is binding all over the globe in all countries and at all times no human laws are of any validity or of any validity, if contrary to this, and such of them are, as are valid derive all their force and all their authority immediately or immediately from this original the doctrines thus delivered we call the revealed or divine law and they are only found in the holy scriptures blackstone went on to say man considered as a creature must necessarily be subject to the laws of his creator for he is entirely dependent being blackstone was simply acknowledging what western man knew to be true that the law of god was the objective standard for western civilization Like John of Salisbury, 600 years earlier, Blackstone viewed God's laws as the higher law, to whom all men and all governments of men were accountable. James Wilson, 1742 to 1798, was a signer of the Declaration of Independence, a major force in drafting of the U.S. Constitution, and one of the original justices appointed to the United States Supreme Court by George Washington. Like Blackstone, he said the following about law. As promulgated by reason in the moral sense, it has been called natural. As promulgated by the holy scriptures, it has been called revealed law. As addressed to men, it has been denominated the law of nature. As addressed to political societies, it has been denominated the law of nations. But it should always be remembered that this law, whether natural or revealed, made for men or for a nation, flows from the same divine source. It is the law of God. Wilson went on to say, human law must rest its authority ultimately upon the authority of that law which is divine. If there is no objective standard to judge the purpose and limits of the state, then the state can do whatever it pleases because the people will not know any different. If a citizenry does not know the purpose, functions, and limitations of the state, then the state can do whatever it wants to do because the citizenry doesn't realize anything improper is being done. For there to be any indignation towards acts of tyranny by the state, one must be able to identify, and I submit define, tyranny. The law of God is that objective standard so men know when governments are making unjust or immoral law. When an objective standard is thrown off, law is essentially, or excuse me, When an objective standard is thrown off, law is easily and constantly redefined by the state and society. Man's passions and desires begin to determine what is lawful. Man makes himself the standard, and because of that nature of man, the standard changes all the time. For this reason, an objective standard of law is always and everywhere necessary, one which does not change and which is applicable to all mankind and Ryan speak, I call that worldview. That my moral objective standard is not predicated upon where my feet land based upon some GPS coordinate. I may live in a society that has a different understanding or application or definition of the law, but I live under God's higher law without regard to I sit under God's law. When man's law is unjust, I stand on God's law. Unfortunately, many today believe there is no objective standard to which the governments of men are accountable. The results are disastrous. Good becomes redefined as evil and evil becomes redefined as good. A person who might t- try to protect a preborn child from death spends the night in jail, while the abortionist who murdered the helpless child goes home and sips a martini next to his fireplace. What every society needs is the moral law of God. His law is an objective standard. His law is subjective truth. Truth. He is the creator of all. He knows, he best knows how we are to be governed. He declares what is right and what is wrong. His law and truth is not subjective. Rather, it is objective. When the higher magistrate or authority makes laws which clearly contravene the law or word of God, the lesser magistrate therefore has a right and duty to act in defiance of that unjust or immoral law. This is because the objective standard to which all men are, and all governments of men are accountable has been impugned. The disobedience of the lesser magistrate is not, a sub, is not subjective. He is only justified in denying the higher authority when the higher authority clearly contravenes the law of God or makes law which is clearly an attack upon the person's liberty or property of the people in the lesser magistrate's jurisdiction or makes law or policy which violates the Constitution. Chapter 6. The Rule of Law and the Lesser Magistrates. When Jesus said, Render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's, he was making clear that the civil government has limitations. The state is not the be-all and end-all. It cannot declare just anything to be its own. They cannot make up laws they go, nor change the immutable laws of God. The authority they have is delegated to them from God. It is not autonomously held. Early Christian men took a stand and defied the state when it crossed its limitations. As a result, many early Christians suffered martyrdom because they would not obey a state that had exceeded its God-given authority. They also constructed thought as to how a godly society should be structured. The persuasion of their thinking resulted in Christians overturning the greatest empire in the world, Rome. From there, Christianity, which breeds liberty, spread across the Western world, freeing nations from the tyranny tyranny of the strongest and most brutal. Christianity established the rule of law in Western civilization. The rule of law simply stated is, the law is king. All are subject to the laws of the land, both king and commoner, both government officials and citizens, and that the law is equitable to all. Whose law, or what law, does the rule of law consist of? God's law was the standard by which the rule of law was established for Western civilization. His law was viewed as the higher law to which all men and all governments of men were accountable. The rule of law is a Western civilization phenomenon fueled by Christianity. The Greeks spoke of the rule of law and tried to implement it through, through, uh, with limited success, but Christians, but Christian men in the Western West recognized a transcendent law found in scriptures. They formalized God's moral law along with the biblical principles of authority and government under what became known as the rule of law. The rule of law is crumbling in America and throughout the West today. 50 years ago, abortion was illegal and most of society thought the prospect of murdering their own son or daughter in the womb to be aberrant. Now it is considered a right by law to do so with much of society indifferent towards it. You can tell this was written a little while ago. Just 20 years ago, Homosexual acts were illegal. Most of society considered it filthy behavior. Now it is decriminalized and paraded down the streets of America without even a whimper from the populace. Rather, many Americans now cheer homosexuals or drag queens as the churches sit by in silence or busy rewriting 2,000 years of biblical interpretation in order to accommodate the acceptance of homosexuality. No fault divorce, the decriminalization of adultery, the phalanx of laws created by the state to invade our domestic affairs, disarm people, seize our property and harass our persons, all to the point of crumbling rule of law in America. Christian thinker and author Francis Schaeffer once said, if there are no absolutes by which to judge society, then society becomes an absolute. That is what's happening to the rule of law in America today. The state and society, which are ever-changing, substituting their own reasoning and words and pronouns as a standard of law, objective truth, is anathema. The just government rules in fear of the Lord. Over the last several decades, however, America appears to have thrown the law of God under the bus or rejected it at its campaign platforms At political rallies, (laughs) America has spurned the rule of God. There has been what appears to be an intentional systemic effort by the state, academicians, and certain wealthy men to ridicule, undermine, and set aside God's law as the rule of law for America. Even American Christianity, with its embrace of pietism, has spurned the law of God. The result is the rule of law is crumbling in America, and people see it. They may not understand that it's the rule of law crumbling, But they intuitively know that something is wrong with our nation. Already the talk has begun. Fear and concern is descending upon the Americans. Barely a month goes by where you watch the news and don't see another lawless act by our federal government or wandering laptops hidden through three-letter agencies' archives. They think they have no limitations. They think they're above the law. They force Americans to be ruled by bureaucracies that are immune from the law allow no remedy at law to rein them in so citizens can protect themselves." Pause. Supreme Court restrains and creates burdens and hurdles and obstacles for us to seek a remedy, just so you are aware of that. When people see those in authority as no longer upholding law, but rather as perverting the law, they will only endure it so long before they go in one of two directions. They will either take action against the state or they will accommodate and adjust themselves to the state of things working the system to their own personal benefit for the latter conforming and lying low in hope that one's own ox isn't gored becomes the prevalent mindset prevalent holy smokes i'm going to say the dominating mindset as this begins to happen Anarchy and brute force lie ahead for the Western man. Man fails to realize that in refusing to be governed by God, he ends up being ruled by tyrants. Because man wants to throw off the law of God, the civil government that has the green light to make up law on whim. Those in power arrogantly redefine right and wrong truth and error, good and evil. Because man wants to throw off the law of God, only misery and despair lie ahead for Western man. The law of God has been attacked by people holding power, whether statists, socialists, politicians, scientists, scholars, academicians, entertainers, egalitarians, educators, or even pastors. Man arrogantly desires to be a law unto himself, despising the law of God. So the rule of law in Western civilization, having been based upon the law of God, is now crumbling. How does the rule of law relate to the lesser magistrate? As America and all the West crumbles because it has spurned the law of God as the rule of law, we will be presented with an opportunity when godly lesser magistrates will need to stand in the gap. They will need to interpose for the sake of the rule of law, for the sake of the people they represent, and defy bad law. Present day magistrates need to know the lesser magistrate doctrine so that conscience prods them more vigorously in their duty and responsibility in the sight of God. They will then be prepared to act in defense of the people they represent. The people also need to understand the lesser magistrate doctrine, so when the lesser magistrates stand, they will rally around them and not let them hang there, left blowing in the wind. When the lesser magistrates act, there will be those who will accuse them of anarchy and chaos, because Americans have heard the mantra their entire lives, we are a nation of law, we must respect the rule of law. Many may tend to believe the accusations, but what if unjust or tyrannical law has been made? Are we to respect it because the state declares it to be the law of the land? Are we to passively stand by and conform? Western history exclaims a resounding no from Thomas Aquinas who declared that an unjust law is no law at all to the Nuremberg Trials, where unquestioned obedience to man's law was soundly condemned. Western history points out our duty to disobey when ordered to do that which is unjust or wrong, even when the civil government has made it legal. As America's founders were known to say, disobedience to tyrants is obedience to God. The duty to resist unjust law is the product of Christian thought. Our loyalty is Christ first, not man, not the state. When the civil government makes unjust or immoral laws or policies, we obey Christ, not the state. Christianity acts as a check to tyranny. The whole of society should be thankful for the preservation of liberty that Christianity engenders. Christians are the best citizens. Whew! Wait a minute. I, I would need to redefine that word to make that statement. But we obey the state and are productive in commerce. We disobey the state only when they make unjust and moral law. We have a salvific effect on society as a whole. When Christians practiced civil disobedience by blocking the doors of Americans' abortion clinics in the early 1990s in an attempt to protect the preborn from brutal death, they were accused of anarchy and chaos and admonished to respect the rule of law. Contra- compare and contrast that with some of these organizations such as Antifa and BLM. Interesting isn't it? The truth is the U.S. Supreme Court instigated anarchy and chaos when they declared pre-born babies open game to those who would kill for profit in their 1973 Roe v. Wade decision. Those blockading the doors were actually trying to restore order. The U.S. Supreme Court was the anarchist legislating from the bench not the pro-lifers when the lesser magistrates are accused of insubordination or anarchy because they interpose against bad law the counterfeit man-made rule of law will be heralded by the statists they will sing and herald the mantra we must obey the rule of law but the rule of law itself is unjust and immoral then the virtue is there then what virtue is there in supporting it to do so is to stand the true rule of law in its head men should not respect the rule of law just because it's the rule of law rather we respect respect it because as blackstone said it does not contradict the law of god this is why western civilization respected the rule of law for nearly 1500 years precisely because it was based upon the law of god well two chapters down 20 minutes good to go. So again, put it in your intellectual pipe and smoke it. Modern Babylon, cultural contrarian out. I'm hoping you're finding this as valuable as I do. I am reading myself as the unelected, unappointed, stander in the gap, interposer, lesser magistrate. It's the way I've been wired. See if it can be in part of your DNA. Contemplate. Have a blessed night.